Okay, welcome to Stepping Forward Podcast. I'm Rachel and I'm Sarah. <laughs> and we are interviewing Stephanie and Kelly today. And they come to us with a unique co parenting situation with each other. Um, and I am going to let them explain that to our audience. Okay, well, uh, basically, uh, we met just a few months after our spouses had died. Mm -hmm. um, Stephanie's husband, Jake, had uh, died from complications to doctors being stupid in mm -hmm. uh, March. And then uh, my wife had died kind of under similar circumstances to doctors being stupid. Oh, my gosh. Um, like uh, four months later. And so... Um, which, which is nice for us because we're kind of in the same stage of broken. So it's been yeah. kind of a good support for us. And actually met uh, briefly at the cemetery because her husband is buried about 20 yards away from my wife. So, no way. you know, we joked that we started dating over our spouse's dead bodies. Which oh. My wife always said I could date over her dead body. <laughs> when so she was we didn't have so to. We did. <laughs> yep. yeah. um, so we, we actually connected again on Facebook in a, a grief group oh. and that's when we started talking we talked a lot about our spouses and how much we miss them and just the grieving process and trying to be single parents and oh, all that yeah. sort of stuff and just how difficult it was and then we started talking about other things and realized we had more in common than just dead spouses so we became friends and eventually more <laughs> <laughs> dated for a while ended up getting married a little over a year after we started dating mm -hmm. uh -huh. and we've been married for about what 14 15 months something, something like, like that, that. okay yeah. a little over a year so we're still i guess sort of newlyweds but we don't feel like it because you know, <laughs> yeah, this isn't our first rodeo yeah, right we've, we've been through this before mm -hmm. so. uh -huh. and blended Thanks. families have a way of speeding things up too oh yes, yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> very much yes definitely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah because you're just hit with real life as soon as you get married yes how many kids do the two of you have between you um, I've got uh, six with my original marriage, okay. and she has two. So we have okay. eight all together, and eight is, is enough. Eight yeah. Is yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. I loved that show when I was growing up. <laughs> eight is enough. Yeah. Which is funny, because uh, uh, me and my wife without a pulse used to joke around about all the time that the reason we had six kids was because eight was just way too darn many. Uh-huh. And so... Yeah, it's kind of some irony that now I do have eight after making years of jokes. So. I know. Oh, that is. That is. <laughs> into, I love that you did a grief group after your spouses passed away. Did you feel like that was helpful? Um, yeah, it was because it just gives you kind of a, yeah. a safe space to rant because, uh -huh. you know, a lot of people, you know, people, a lot, most people have been through grief. Yeah, and yeah. Right. there's different levels of it, you know, losing a spouse is its own thing versus, yeah. you know, losing like a friend or losing a grandparent or losing your pet. Right. And mm -hmm. so everyone thinks that they understand profound grief because mm -hmm. there's a difference between grief and profound grief. Uh -huh. And everyone thinks they understand it based on their experience. But then when you do have a situation where it's profound grief, you know, like losing a spouse or losing a child. Right. Then it's just its own animal. But, yeah. you know, people think that they understand it. And so they don't understand why you're going through certain things or why you're acting certain Right. Ways. Yeah. Or uh -huh. why after a couple of months, well, it's been a couple of months. Why aren't you over it yet? You oh know? my gosh. Uh -huh. And th you know, stupid things that you hear like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's just nice to have kind of a safe space where you can, you know, get on and just, you know, say exactly what you're thinking and what you're feeling and have other people that are feeling the right. exact same way mm -hmm. without yeah. trying to rationalize it. Yeah. Right. The group that we were part of is all for widows and widowers uh -huh. and widows and widowers that share our faith. So it was really 
really cool to have that kind of safe space to talk about everything and so many people that get exactly where you're coming from. There are people with different experiences uh-huh. and different ways of grieving, but there are so many that have very similar stories to yours. And it's really cool to connect with those people because you finally feel validated and you feel like right. you're not completely crazy. Yeah. Like everyone else around you is thinking and, uh-huh. and worrying about you. So yeah. I really thought it was a great thing. And not only because I met my future second spouse on there, but also because I, I did feel validated and yeah. supported and just so much better knowing that other people have been through this and could help me to get yeah. through it. Yeah. That mm-hmm. totally makes sense. There's something it about does. like finding people who have been through a similar experience and share your faith that kind of can speak to you in context of like, this is what, you know, we believe after, but also like you believe the same thing as I do, not like somebody else who hasn't experienced it being like, well, yes, there's the afterlife and you can talk to them after Mm -hmm. this and you'll get to see them and still be married to them. Um, But somebody who really gets it and they're like, this is really crappy. Yes. Right. And even though we have kind of those um, beliefs that we will be with them again and, and things like that, the, the thing that not a lot of people would acknowledge is that, yes, that's great that I'll be with them again, but it still sucks. Right. It's still yeah. horrible. It's still yeah. right now, today, it hurts. Uh-huh. It hurts so much. And it's still really hard without them right now. Yeah. yeah. And we have to navigate the rest of our lives without them. And that's difficult. And mm-hmm. it's not something you expected no. to no. do. You didn't no. go in knowing that was going to happen. No. No. Uh, in fact, I even had, you know, for the first probably like year after, uh, after Tanya died, I had a hard time even being around weddings. You know, I would go to like yeah. my nieces or my friends' wedding or mm-hmm. friends or kids' weddings, and I'd see like you know the happy, giggly newlyweds, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, you two just be happy and you just be cheerful because right. you think you have the rest of your lives ahead of you, but you how long no is that going to be? Yeah, you guys could be you dead know, next week. Yeah. So you just smile in your ignorance and uh-huh. not that he's bitter at all. <laughs> There's a lot of pain that comes from though. It makes there, sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and when you're in that moment of grief or something has triggered your grief again. Mm-hmm it's really helpful to have a group that has your same beliefs. So you don't have to give all the backstory. You don't have to explain a bunch of different concepts. You can just be like, blah, this is what I'm feeling right now without having to, you know, logically think through a bunch of stuff to make it make sense to other people. Right. Exactly. Well, and in faith groups too, you know, especially if you have a faith group where you do believe in, you know, life after death and families after death, everyone thinks, Oh, well, you're, you, you should be fine. You should be happy because you know, you'll see him again, but Uh that's not what you're mourning. You know, you're you're mourning and you're grieving all those expectations, you know, all the things that you thought that you were going to do. And, you know, the things that you thought your spouse would be there to do with you. Right. My firstborn just got married earlier this Mm. year. And so that was always, of course, something I thought that, you know, Tanya would be here for Right. Mm -hmm. Every holiday, every milestone, every every graduation. Uh Yeah. It it all has an asterisk. And it's just a reminder that when you're looking at the pictures that there is someone missing from that picture. And so, yeah, it's great that you believe that, but that's what you're mourning. And that's why people, even if you have, you know, rock solid faith, right. You're still sad and you're still hurting because those are the things you're hurting over. Yeah. Because yeah, in spirit, they're probably there, but unless you've got like a ghost photographer, you're not going (laughs) to see him in the pictures. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things that sounds silly is, um, kind of like speaking to that was when president Hinckley, who was the prophet a few prophets ago for the LDS church. If anybody's not listening, if anybody's listening, that's not LDS, his wife had passed away and they posted a picture of him in the news where he was just like grief stricken. I and saw that. Yes. yes. And for me, I'm like, Oh my picture. gosh, if anybody like knows what the people in this faith believe, 
um, and what they know about the afterlife, it's him and he's still hurting. And that gives so much space for us to feel the same way about like when our spouses pass away, when children pass away, it's okay. It's normal to feel those things. And we're not always good in our society at dealing with it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the time that we won't have with them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And those big events tend to trigger the emotions again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even exactly. small stuff, I'm sure it does as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had the privilege of going to undergrad with Stephanie. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Go T-Birds. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, that means I also had the privilege of seeing some of your courtship when you guys started, you know, posting things on social media and one thing I love about you guys is that you are so open about what you're feeling. You are, you're, you know, you do normalize to people like, Hey, it's okay for me to feel sad because I'm experiencing something really sad. And you, but you both also have this very like keen sense of humor about things as well. And I think we've caught glimpses of it so far in this episode. Right. But, um, I remember when I first figured out you guys were dating, right? (laughs) I remember seeing a post that Kelly made and he had a hashtag for Stephanie. And I can't remember what it is. Graveyard girl. Graveyard girl. (laughs) Hashtag graveyard girl. And then you you have a hashtag for him too, right? I can't remember what it was. Okay. No. no? Okay. (laughs) Nice color colored graveyard girl so yeah was, before we were while we were dating it was graveyard girl and then after we got married it was mrs graveyard girl yes <laughs> yep one of the things that actually brought us together was our our sense of humor uh-huh because mm-hmm. we both you know we we do feel like this is horrible and this is awful but we also kind of joke around a little bit about that because it does help us to kind of process it. Yeah, it does. In fact, the reason that I wanted to meet him was uh, we were decorating the cemetery for Halloween. And I... How cool is it that you get to decorate Yeah, you get to decorate a headstone and (laughs) a graveyard for Halloween. And so I had put up like a little skeleton arm from from where my husband Jake is buried. Uh And I was like, I wonder if this is inappropriate. And I was like, oh, well, you know, because my husband Jake was just totally cool with the inappropriate things so, right, right. <laughs> so then I saw that he had put up like these zombie hands after, <laughs> after I had put up the skeleton arm I'm like okay I gotta meet this guy for sure <laughs> and, and at the same time you know it was my first year in the cemetery and so I was wondering you know what are they going to let us get away with in the gated community right you know, <laughs> because, you know if you if you think your HOA is bad just wait till you find yeah. out the HOA oh requirements for that gated community yeah. uh-huh. it's true and so I'm like well I wonder what I'm going to be able to get away Away with. I wonder what will be offensive. I wonder if everyone's going to steal anything. Uh-huh. So I noticed that she had, you know, Jake's grave all bedazzled out and, mm. you know, totally decorated <laughs> with all this stuff. And I was kind of keeping an eye on it for a couple of weeks to see if anything went missing. And once I saw, okay, people are leaving things alone, then uh-huh. I'm like, okay, what, okay. Can I, what can I do with the cemetery? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I, I put up like the zombie hands and a few like ghosts hanging around and just like uh-huh. something. Another lady that's at, like in the block just across from us, she's got a bench. So she put up a skeleton that was waving. Was sitting on the oh, bench. Oh, funny. We think we really inspired people. Too. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to be the life of the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> like creating exactly. your own community there. Yes. Yeah. But it was like seeing these where we kind of started competing with each other without realizing mm-hmm. that the other one was doing it too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so we ended up uh, meeting, you know, she happened to be there visiting Jake and I was there visiting Tanya. And 
another friend of ours that uh, we had met that's part of our little graveyard community, mm-hmm. um, well, or skeleton crew, I guess you call it. <laughs> um, you know, he, uh, his wife had died just a few months. He's an older gentleman. Uh, his wife had died just a few months before Jake. And so he'd been kind of going around and introducing himself. Uh-huh. So he was the one that introduced us. But at the time it was like, mm-hmm. oh, hi, yeah, nice to finally meet you. Yep. Right. Yeah. I like your decorations, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like your decorations, like what you did with that. Yeah. And, you know, don't try and mess with me, though. This is my territory. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So, so, so it wasn't your typical way of meeting. No. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> not yeah, Who would have thought cemetery was a good place to meet someone I know. without a shovel? Don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 with the pulse that yes. talks back. Yes, yes. <laughs> So like I said, I've really enjoyed watching this courtship (laughs) (laughs) from a distance here. (laughs) Um, And I've just been really impressed with you guys and the way that you remember your spouses and the way that you consider your kids' feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, So Stephanie had just posted the other day different ways to remember Jake, Mm -hmm. right? For his birthday. For his birthday. And I also got to go to undergrad with Jake too. And so Mm -hmm. it makes me just really happy to remember him. He was a really cool guy yeah, and I'm was. sure he still is a really cool guy. Just, you know, completely really... cracking people up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I know that you do things to remember Tanya as well. Mm-hmm. So could you guys maybe talk about that a little bit and how it's helpful for you and for your kids, yeah. that kind of thing? Well, that was one of the things that kind of, you know, kind of brought us together too. And one of the things that's kind of the strength in our relationship is both of us do have just absolute respect for the other person's spouse. You know, uh-huh. I've, I've never told her, you know, you talk about Jake way too much. I'm uncomfortable with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and she's always been fine with me, you know, putting up pictures of Tanya everywhere. You know, we have our little, uh, in our house, our, we our have shrines. our little shrines uh-huh. to uh, Jake and Tanya where we have yeah. like memorabilia, but that was one thing that was important for both of us. Cause you hear a lot of horror stories in the widow community yeah. where, or the widow widower community where they marry someone else. And, you know, that person just wants to focus entirely on that relationship. And so mm-hmm. they make, you know, the, the husband or the wife get rid of all their memorabilia or, or the pictures or, or whatever. Storage. Right. And that's really rough because it sends a really harsh message to the kids, yeah. you know, because it's like, yeah, your, your bio mom doesn't matter. Your past with her doesn't matter. You know, I'm the only one that's important now. Yeah. Um, and that's not how we wanted to do things at all because no. we still no. wanted to keep their memories alive and we wanted to let our kids know that they could still talk about them, uh-huh. that they're still a part of our family. Yes. Oh, and this was so hard on our kids too. It was, as as started, because they're dealing with the loss of their parents mm-hmm. and they're still dealing with that. And, you know, when, you know, when a person dies, you know, you, two different people are lost, you know, the wife is, or the spouse is lost, but the parent is lost. And that's two entirely different people uh-huh. because the relationship the kid has with the mom or the dad is entirely different than the relationship you do. Yeah. And so the kids don't understand why you would want that again. And they see it as a betrayal. Mm-hmm. Like one of my daughters, when, you know, we got around to finally telling the kids that we were going out, had such a rough time with it. She just... Yeah gave me the meanest look and said, you know, you just couldn't wait for mom to be cold. Could you, you know, because it's, it's, but it's cause it's that different, but uh, statistically, and you learn in like, you know, psychology and sociology that someone who was happy in their marriage tends to get married a lot quicker 
because you know they want that happiness again uh -huh. they want to be part of again whereas someone that might have been in like a miserable marriage or dysfunctional marriage is now kind of seeing it as a relief mm -hmm. yeah or even someone that wasn't in a miserable marriage but maybe they were a caretaker maybe their spouse was chronically ill for a long time mm -hmm. and so they were a caretaker for so long that they're kind of enjoying just having them you know right. their time. and so they tend to get married later on but for the kids they just see it as you know, you're trying to replace their mom or they're trying to replace your dad. And so that's why it's been important for us to keep the stories going and keep the pictures up. Uh -huh. I mean, and to you talk about them a lot in our homes because mm -hmm. we do, we make sure that the kids can still share stories yeah. and that we remember these things because they can be forgotten so easily. And, and a good way to keep those memories alive is just by letting the kids know, okay, it's, you know, it's okay. We can talk about it in front of everyone and we want right, to yeah. bring up those memories anytime. Yeah. Even at our wedding, we didn't have pictures of her and I up at the wedding. We had our pictures from our original weddings oh, for, yeah. Yeah, for that, uh, just to make a statement that, you know, no, we're not over it. No, we're not mm -hmm. moving on. Right. We don't believe in moving on. We don't move on. We carry on. Yes. And I so like that. that's what we're doing. And so it was just to make a statement to everyone saying, no, we're not over it yet. No, we're not over our spouses. No, we're not better. Right. You know, yeah. this, this we're doesn't, this doesn't this fix it. This isn't a bad Right. Thing. Because yeah. it's an entirely different marriage, you know? It is. Yeah. If it was the same marriage, it would, if I was looking for someone that was just like Tanya and she was looking for someone that was just like Jake, it would almost be like a necrophilia marriage. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. Really yeah. yeah. But it's entirely different. And so we've embraced that it's entirely different while uh -huh. honoring how we got here. Do you feel like that approach has helped your kids adjust better to it and kind of accept things a little bit more than... It's still like, been difficult. We yeah. still had our, our things, but I think it's been better when we try not to really force them into it, uh -huh. you know, and just kind of let it gradually and naturally happen a little bit more after a while getting used to each other. But it's also been difficult just because there is an age gap. There's five years, no, four years between mm -hmm. his youngest and my oldest. So, okay. so there's a little bit of an age gap and it's 13 to 17. So that's kind of a lot of years in there. I mean, it is. It, yeah. It's just in a big difference frame. between uh -huh. yeah. between her, her the kids younger are, kids and the older kids. Yeah. yeah, her kids are still in elementary school. My oldest is twenty five, and uh -huh. my youngest is in high school. And so there's that, you know, the age gap. So it's not like you know they were the same age and might have things in common. Right. Mm -hmm. They really don't. And so we yeah. haven't been able to have them bond over or anything like Which that. Which makes sense. Of the age differences. Yeah. yeah, they don't have the same interests. They don't have the same like goals. Mm -hmm. So it's all different. But mm -hmm. I do think it is better, like at least for our situation, I think it has been better to allow them to really, like we said, um, talk about their parents and know that mm -hmm. we're not trying to replace them and that we're not trying to keep them out of their lives. So we're still going to talk about them. We're still going to have pictures up. We're still going to honor them and keep them as much a part of our home as we can. Uh -huh. I, th I think that's really helped. And I've, I've really valued that as far as a helping my kids because they know that it's a safe space to talk about their dad and that they don't have to hide it or act like right. Kelly is their dad, new dad now or anything like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah. Which I do have a little bit more of like a dad role with her kids yeah, and she because does they're just because they're right. younger. Mm -hmm. But you know, I've, I, you know, when, um, you know, it was time to like, you know, ordain her son and, you know, uh, the Uranic priesthood, uh, we made sure to have Jake's dad take care of it because I wanted to make sure that it was, his family that was taking care of it. That's really mm -hmm. respectful of you. I mm -hmm. like that a lot. Yeah. And so on that self too, and neither one of us, you know, some people might think, well, do you just not love each other? Or <laughs> is it just not the same? How can you have space for two people? But we've never. No, we, we totally like we love each other. Happened. And a lot of our love comes from how we feel about everything and how we feel like we're, we are able to respect each other's first spouses and 
and we always talk about how we do love each other. You know, we miss our spouses and we love them so much, but we also love each other and we're, uh-huh. we feel okay with that. Mm-hmm. that. That's kind of the weird part, I guess, because I hadn't heard of anything like that happening before. In fact, when my husband died, I didn't think I would get remarried. Right. So I'm like, who's going to want to be like second, second best. Place. Yeah. For my, uh-huh. the rest of my life, you know, who's going to want to, because I just feel like my first husband and I were so, so happy and so meant for each other and everything like that, that mm-hmm. I didn't think anyone would be okay with that. And then I found Kelly and he actually was. And so, uh-huh. I mean, we love each other. We respect each other and we, we are happy together. Yeah. I imagine it's a different kind of like we've talked about before that loving your kids and your stepkids is different. Loving your first and second spouse is different. Like it's just a different future than you had envisioned mm-hmm. and so the love that you have is like you still love this other person but you also love the new person and yeah it's all kind of mixed up together the yeah. love is built differently but it it carries the same functions in a lot of ways yeah well and you kind of learn too because you know the, the first time around you know you've never been married before you don't know what it's like <laughs> right you're, you're making you're it all up naive at, yeah uh-huh. you're, you're making it up as you go along mm-hmm. but you know when it's like you know the second time around you know a little bit more of what you're getting into and so you know the mistakes you made the first time around yeah you can hopefully learn from them yeah and yeah. that's what we try to do is you know i've got regrets with tanya and i'm sure that when i meet her again she's going to be like wow stephanie sure had it a lot better than i did <laughs> <laughs> i learned from my mistakes right. and so, yeah so I, I feel kind of bad for that but you know i've been trying to not have the same regrets or make the same mistakes uh-huh you know because uh, tanya and i were married so young we were like 18 when we got married oh, so wow. mm-hmm. yeah, she was canadian so we joked around that we had to her to get married before either <laughs> ins or my parents deported her. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know but you know we basically grew up together and so that's a different relationship oh, yeah. than i have with it's stephanie where we're not growing up together we're nope. established now right we're not making it up as we go along and so it's just been completely different uh-huh yeah and i know uh statistically divorce is actually a lot higher amongst second marriages mm-hmm. and i think that's part of the reason why is you know people just you know they don't learn from past mistakes or right. maybe they expect the marriage to be the exact same because they'll think well i've been married before so i know what i'm doing but they don't accept and recognize that it's completely different well, than, yeah than because a around. second marriage you have these first marriage you're establishing a family together mm-hmm. second marriage you're you have two separate families that you're trying to blend together and you have all these kind of um, culture shocks. Yeah. Culture shocks <laughs> and yeah. all these traditions yes. and everything that you've already established. And you're trying to combine that with someone else who also has that. And right. so it's a lot more complicated, you know, yeah. and it's a lot more difficult because you want to still honor, especially with us, we want to still honor those traditions we had in our first marriages, but we've also got to find a middle ground for our second marriages. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's been where a lot of the friction has been from is just trying to, com- you know, that culture shock and trying to combine the two and, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. just the kids dealing with each other. That's been the biggest uh, struggles that we've had mm-hmm. or even just things over food. Right. Because, <laughs> yes, food has been a big thing. Like, you know, for 23 years, you know, we were making things a certain way in my family, mm-hmm. you know, and for, you know. 10, 11 years, she was making certain things yeah. in her way. And uh-huh. Who would have thought food would cause so much friction? I know. <laughs> I think it's just dinner really and you make it. But <laughs> yeah. that's all. Food is so much part of your family culture. Yeah. You, you, you mess with it, then you may as well be calling your kid, you know, the person's kid's ugly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> oh, shoot. Or her getting used to like, you know, she's used to cooking for like her and two kids that eat like birds and then my kids eat like a small army. And so uh-huh. like, even yeah. just figuring out portion sizes yeah, and how much to make. It's yeah. Crazy. For sure. That is crazy. <laughs> that makes sense. 
All right. So thinking about family dynamics, you both have two sets of in-laws, right? Mm, kind of. Ish. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, my father-in-law uh, um, from my uh, wife without a pulse, he passed away not too long ago. And okay. the other one, his her mom is in Canada. And so I'm uh-huh. used to not having a lot of interaction, which has been weird having her parents not be too far away. Because uh-huh. I'm not used to having in-laws in the same state, much less the same time zone. Yeah. So yeah. It's been different. <laughs> that would okay. be really unusual. Yeah. So thinking about that and you know, maybe different cousins from different sides. Because I know, for example, my stepdaughters have three cousins named Liam because there's one on like each side of their mm, family. It's my right? name too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very common name. Yeah. So, but there are just funny little things that pop up, especially once you get into a blended family situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, how are you guys managing those things? Do you have examples of those kinds of things that pop into mind? Oh, actually, my niece is named Stephanie. And so I always tease her that she was the, that my niece was the original Stephanie. Oh, yes. She was the second one. Yeah. But, and I say no because I was born first. Uh-huh. So that's fair. <laughs> you know, we, it's been kind of weird for us because, you know, not only did we lose someone, our in-laws lost yeah. that person too. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't really consider her parents or Stephanie's parents, my in-laws. I still consider Tanya's parents, my in-laws. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he considers Jake, their son-in-law and Tanya, his parents, daughter-in-law. daughter-in-law. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm, I'm being kind of a jerk about the whole thing too. So <laughs> like I've, I've kind of kept her separate from my family. I mean, I obviously they're around my kids and stuff, but right. I keep trying to tell my mom, look, it's not the same. You know, her kids are not your step or not your grandkids. Uh-huh. You know, she's your not necessarily your daughter-in-law. She's just married to your son, which yes, I know a son or someone who's married to your son is technically a daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. but it's just because it's different. And it's because for me, I don't want them to forget Tanya or start favoring her over Tanya because she's still here. And so I'm still trying to keep that line of demarcation. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily always agree <laughs> with that, but I respect him and I respect Tanya. So you know, I'm going to try to do my best to not interfere. Uh-huh. But um, as far as like my kids have grandparents, you know, they have two sets of grandparents. They still have mm-hmm. great grandparents alive. Oh, so I don't feel like they're really necessarily missing out on having that grandparent experience by not thinking of Kelly's parents as grandparents, because they do have they have grandparents that live in the same city and they have grandparents that live like two or three cities away. So they see their grandparents and cousins often enough. Uh-huh. And Kelly's family is so much older than my kids. Like they, his, his uh, sister's kids are the same age as my kids, basically. No, his sister's grandkids. grandkids. Excuse me. Oh, his wow. sister's okay. grandkids. Okay. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's there's a, de- a definite generational gap there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I we see them on occasion when there's some things that are just kind of for everyone. But... We try to keep to um, honoring what the other one wants. So if Kelly doesn't want us to be there for for his family's things, then that's his choice. And I'm okay with it as long as he isn't just trying to do it for vindictive purposes. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like funny because her parents were, especially her dad, were like totally against us getting married and Uh dating because Mm -hmm. they thought it was too soon. Thought that the only thing we had in common was dead spouses. And of course he's her dad. So he's going to be like very protective. And so he really doesn't even talk to me all that much. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so like we, I think maybe like once before the wedding, he, you know, sent me a, 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 
text messages welcoming to the family, but we've never actually sat down and had like too much of a conversation. We kind uh -huh. of throw one-liners and stuff. And so even for them, it's weird because they think of Jake as their son-in-law. Right. And so it kind of keeps it with the whole thing going, but. Yeah. We, you know. we basically treat each other's family like extended family, I'd say. You yeah. Know, just like, okay. like second cousins or right. great aunts and uncles or stuff, uh -huh. stuff like that, probably. Yeah. Because we acknowledge them, but we're not really close to them. We're still kind of keeping with our first family bubbles, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. See, and the reason we ask that is because every family seems to do it differently. Mm -hmm. So right. true. And there's no one right way to do it. No, so I think like really the only right bunny ears thing <laughs> is to make sure you're communicating about it and respecting each other's feelings. Mm -hmm. And so that sounds like you guys have been doing a really good job with that. Right. Well, yeah. we've seen in like some of the, because we're also in a remarried widow and widower group where uh -huh. people are are venting specifically about that because you know there's some things that we have to gripe about that you don't necessarily want to gripe about in a general widowers right. group where someone might have just lost their spouse last week or right. last month and they the last thing they want to hear about is remarriage and right. stuff. Yeah. Um and so we have specific for that. But it's interesting seeing how many people do get remarried and uh either the uh family of their deceased spouse completely disowns them. They're like, no, you're someone else's family now. Uh -huh. Or they expect the the new family of their current, you know, their spouse with a pulse, you know, they expect them to treat them just the exact same and the kids just the exact same as the bio grandparents. Yeah. And so yeah. they don't expect there to be any difference, but really there is. But like you said, it just all depends on what you agree on and then yeah. talking about it mm -hmm. and where those expectations are. And some people don't do that before they get married. Yeah, They just, they just rush they into it. They just kind it. of assume things. And yeah, a lot of people yeah. really do rush into second marriages because you're so lonely. You're hurting so much. Right. You finally find something that gives you a little bit of happiness and just a little bit of like, okay, things are going to be okay now. Mm -hmm. You rush into it and yeah, you can really regret it. There's lots of mm -hmm. dissolved marriages, yeah. annulments, divorces and such because it wasn't what they thought. That and makes they didn't sense. Communicate those expectations beforehand. Yeah. So. And that is, it's really important to communicate things like that beforehand. So, and just by contrast, my parents had other step grandkids before mine. Mm -hmm. And so by the time they got mine, it's like, oh yeah, you're just one of the family. Uh -huh. and like instantly included <laughs> yeah. in everything. Right. Yeah. And one of my stepdaughters loved it. And the other one was like super overwhelmed by it. And she's really? like, I do not know what is happening right now. Like uh -huh. all these people are like, I love you. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it took, it took some time for her to adjust to that understandably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's just, there are, a variety of ways to do that. And I think, you know, just making sure, especially if you can talk about it beforehand, that's a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that your courtship was about a year from the time that you started dating until the time that you got married. How soon did you start having these questions about expectations, in-laws, things like that? Um, about the in-laws and stuff, not, not too. too soon, but we started uh -huh. having just a lot of uncomfortable conversations right at the get-go uh -huh. because neither one of us were looking for someone. And so, and we were kind of like, you know, we were having a little bit, we were having feelings about each other, but we didn't know that the other one was having it yet. But right. we were like, well, neither of us are really looking for someone. Uh, you know, we don't want to waste a whole lot of time if this isn't going to work out. Yeah, and exactly. so we, we had all, we discussed all the deal breakers up front the and all the awkward questions. conversations. Uh -huh. and stuff. <laughs> yep. You know, and then 
you know, once we got past those, then, you know, we started kind of feeling a little bit more comfortable and then everything else just kind of fell into place. But uh-huh. that also set a standard to where we don't mind talking about the elephant in the room. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. helpful. Not only do we acknowledge it, we throw a freaking saddle on it and start writing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Having second thoughts. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Also, one of the biggest reasons that we took our time with our, with our courtship and everything was for the kids, because Mm -hmm. it was a huge adjustment to go from, you know, losing a parent to the parent that, that remains dating again to the parent marrying again. And we wanted to respect our kids, give them that time to kind of process things, to get comfortable with the idea and to get to know us a little bit mm-hmm. as much as they would allow us to get to know them. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned before Stephanie that mm-hmm. your kids are a little bit younger than Kelly's kids. Yes. What kind of role do you play to Kelly's kids? Are you like a stepmom? Are you more like a, I'm a, an authority figure for the ones that live in the house. Uh-huh. I guess, you know, I tell them clean this, do that, you know, but I also try to be their friend uh-huh. and I talk with them. I'm, Mostly the kind of relationship that Kelly wants me to have with them is just, um, I guess, as kind of a, almost an aunt figure or what, what do you say? <laughs> well, I, don't know. I don't know, something like that, because it's like they're, they're too old for you to actually be a mother to, because yeah. I mean, you're definitely not going to be grounding my 21-year-old. No, no. And right. Stuff like that. And you're not, you know, you only live with, there's only two or three of them that you've actually lived mm-hmm. with. And so I'm just... Or wanting you to just, oh, sorry, it's just okay. wanting you to have some relationship yeah. with them or some kind of relationship where you guys all feel comfortable with each yeah, other. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. He just wants us to feel comfortable around each other, but also to you know, not feel dumb doing things together. Right. You know, and yeah. having, like, if there were just the two of us in the house, we'd be able to converse without feeling right. completely awkward. Or if we wanted to go do something together, that we could. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, getting there with, with most of them, but it's hard when there's six kids and they're all scattered. Yeah. You know, the two of them that live at home, even, well, one of them is gone a lot. So it's, it's difficult to have a relationship, but I, I still feel like I actually can yeah. have a fairly good relationship with that one just because he's pretty easygoing. Right. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. and it's definitely improved over the last, oh, yeah. uh, last year and a half or however long it's been too. It's improved a lot. Definitely. Yeah. I feel comfortable with all of them now. Good. At first I didn't, but I do feel comfortable with them and I just, I want to be there for them, but also for them to know that I, you know, when I say do something, you got to do it. You listen to yeah. it. Yeah. Listen to me. I'm still kind of an authority figure for you and also kind of a liaison because their dad's a little bit forgetful and flaky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So they know that they, if they want something to be done, mm-hmm. they need to tell me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay in that role. <laughs> so am I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, you goodness. mentioned being respectful, talking about the um, your former spouses, things like that. What things have you seen that have helped the kids adjust to you over the last year and get more comfortable with you in their lives, if you haven't mentioned them yet? Actually, I found that talking with them about their mom mm-hmm. was a really big thing. I, I would ask them questions about things that they did with her and um, what they thought of this or that or their favorite times with her or kind of how she was. That's cool. And I, I really enjoy it too, because I love getting to know Tanya. I love hearing yeah. stories about her. I love, I, I never am like, Oh, can we stop talking about Tanya? I'm never like that because I just, I feel like she's such a part of their lives and such a part of who they are. I want to know those things. I want to uh-huh. know how they felt about her. I want to hear the stories. And I, th- I think it's good for both of us because they, 
they like to share that stuff and I like yeah. to hear it. And I really feel like they, once they could open up about that, then it was a lot easier to open up about other things. And mm-hmm. so like his 17 year old will, will come and tell me about like, you know, his fa- his latest car or truck thing, because he's comfortable <laughs> having me there. And even though I'm, I don't usually have a clue what he's talking uh-huh. about, I'm listening to it and I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. You know? And, yeah. and I'm excited for him when he gets the truck or when he, um, when his football team does well, except BYU, because I don't like BYU. <laughs> yeah. That's another conflict in our marriage, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it's her, her, her big character flaw. I'm a cute his fan big... and she's a youth. Uh, <laughs> we, we, have, we have a divided marriage. I did my undergrad at Utah university of Utah and mm. my grad graduate degree at BYU and my husband's always like she repented she went nice. to BYU and I'm like nope I did not <laughs> well, my husband yeah. was employed by the U when he died so I'm, uh-huh. I'm forever gonna be a Ute fan so I, they bought your loyalty <laughs> <laughs> or they hired my husband as my <laughs> yeah, you so. guys sound like us I love it <laughs> oh goodness well do you guys, would you guys mind sharing like a happy memory about your spouses with us, your first spouses? Which one? Go. I know so many. You guys have good ones. And I know, I, I know I love Jake and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I would have loved Tanya because I've, you know, Facebook stalked you guys a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. It's fine. I just, you know, maybe clicked through things and I was like, oh man, she and I would have made good friends. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you want to go first? Or? Um, you know, most of like, you know, me and Tanya had like a whole bunch of big adventures and stuff, you know, like uh-huh. we, we were, you know, since we did get married at 18, you know, we were kind of broke for 90% of our marriage. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, but we did have, you know, like a couple of fun trips. Like she'd always wanted to go to Ireland. And so oh, uh, a year or two before she died, you know, I was able to you know save up and I was able to take her on a trip there and, it was awesome and it was epic and I'm glad we did because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have had very good pictures of the funerals because yeah. you know, she always avoided getting her picture taken and that stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. But, but most of the fun that we had was just playing cards and just mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. little things are just, it's what I was uh, complaining about like, uh, you know, right before, cause her, um, third death day just came up uh, in July uh-huh. and it's just the things like that that I miss just staying up late watching horror movies you know, after <laughs> all the kids have gone to, gone to bed and you know going down to the store and getting like a little tub of Haagen-Dazs or Ben and Jerry's and uh-huh. bringing it home and eating it and you know when the kids sneak down hiding it so that way they don't ask for any <laughs> yes and it just most of the fun was just you know just stuff like that mm-hmm. you know just the thing that just kind of made us us yeah and, you know and so those were what most of the fun memories were and you know of course just doing things with the kids but uh-huh but, very relatable i've definitely mm-hmm. hidden my ice cream you have to hide all your treats from oh yeah <laughs> and chris is the opposite everything. my husband he's like i used to sneak downstairs and my mom would bake cookies after we went to bed and i was so mad because she wouldn't share them with us <laughs> so, so he, he always shares shares everything with oh, the kids yeah sweet. that is sweet. Nice um well like you said a lot of the really cool things are things that you just you take for granted there's so yeah. much that you take for granted when when after someone dies you realize all those times that you just thought were mundane or boring or no big deal were mm-hmm. yeah. all those things were a big deal but i just i just really miss a lot about about jake and just how he could make everything fun and how he uh-huh. could entertain us wherever we were and entertain the kids and how, <laughs> how good he was with the kids and how, how good he was with me. I mean, 
Yeah, he spoiled the heck out of me. Kelly can attest to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's yep. got high uh-huh. expectations. Which, yeah, which I mean, I'm glad that he treated her super well. So that way I'm not having to like deal with a lot of his issues. But at the same time, yeah. oh my gosh, we call him St. Jake sometimes. <laughs> Big uh, shoes to fill. <laughs> no, he wasn't perfect, but he just was, you know, he, he just made everything fun. And mm-hmm. yeah. could always just make you smile, make you laugh, make you feel just happy and he could just really light up a room whenever he was in it because he was just so fun and so fun to be around. Uh huh. Yeah. And we got to go to Alaska for our 10 year anniversary. That's cool. And that, that was really cool. That, that was kind of like their Ireland trip it was around the same time, actually, mm-hmm. weirdly okay. enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we, we did an Alaskan cruise and that was, Oh, that was so fun. It was Those about a incredible. week long. Yeah, they are incredible. And that was probably my favorite vacation that we took together. Uh-huh. But I just, I miss being, with him and the kids and just having our moments, just the four of us, we had all these little traditions and things that yeah. just seemed so random, but were so important. And so uh-huh. those are the times I remember most. Thank you both for sharing yeah. those. those. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting too, because as a step parent, I wasn't married before mm-hmm. coming into the relationship. Like I didn't have all the traditions from our marriage that we had set up. Have you found any success in combining your family traditions or like dividing them? Maybe like Jake, you or sorry, Kelly, you do yours with your kids and Stephanie, you do yours with yours. Yeah, we do some originals nights is what we call them. Cool. It's a lot harder with his family because his kids are so scattered. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier with, with my family. I still sometimes just do vacations with the three of us, yeah. uh-huh. just myself and my kids. And we, we respect each other for like having those traditions and those little things. And sometimes actually, I don't think Kelly or his kids would want to come along anyway, because we, we would do different things that okay. I don't think they would want to do. So, less yeah. interest. Yeah, less interest. But but it's a good way to keep her family identity alive mm-hmm. too. And yeah. kind of like keep that, you know, because while we are trying to combine things, you know, we are still trying to keep, you know, those lives alive. Uh, we haven't done too many on my side other than just like an originals night here and there, kind of what she said, because, you know, the, uh, what four of my kids aren't even living at home and right yeah, when they're right. all working it's kind of hard but uh, at least one Sunday we do have everyone over for dinner uh-huh. so that's nice because then we'll get everyone together and we'll either afterwards we'll either like do a board game or watch a movie or just talk and yeah um, but we've been like you know kind of you know we've been spending the first year or so just kind of trying to get everyone comfortable with each other uh-huh. so I'm sure that as time is going to go on and we are all used to each other that more things are going to come together where there will be right. more combined yeah but that it's, it's going to be hard with eight kids you know, uh-huh. to get everyone together especially once all of them are scattered yeah it's going to mm-hmm. be really difficult and in such different life stages too mm-hmm. it's really hard to get them together well and, and see and it was for me you know marrying Stephanie it was like totally weird because you know it was like going back in time because uh-huh. I remember celebrating when my youngest was out of elementary school. And I'm like, yes, no more county reports. No more country reports. I will have to, no more sitting through those horrible assemblies. And then, and then all of a sudden I'm thrown right back in it. And I remember one time I, I called her up and said, hey, let's go out this weekend. And she's like, well, I need to get a babysitter. I'm like, babysitter? What's this, what's this babysitter thing you're talking about? Because I hadn't had to get a babysitter since my you know oldest turned 12. And we, yeah, that's true. We huh? used to joke with her that, you know, the only reason that we had her was so she could babysit for us. <laughs> and so all of a sudden having to get babysitters. And I mean, every once in a while, my kids will, but it was still really kind of touchy at uh-huh. the beginning. And yeah. so we didn't want to like 
force that on right. them. Yeah. Because that's just going to, it could make things worse. But now it's getting to the point where, you know, even my kids at home, they're fine if we leave them with them for a couple hours. Uh-huh. And, and now my kids are actually okay yeah, being they're at, home. at home. They're, they're yeah. older now, so yeah. they can be at home by themselves sometimes right. but that makes sense and then for stephanie it was weird because she her oldest was at the time we got married her oldest was what 10 11, 11. and now all of a sudden she's got stepkids in their are, 20s yeah right. and i was teasing her saying yeah if my daughter has a baby in like a year you could be a, a grandma in your 30s yeah i still could yeah there's still time it's been a harder years. adjustment for her because she's in uncharted territory. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know, too. and I still yeah. don't know a lot about how to deal with teenagers. I'm learning. Oh, I'm yeah. learning. They're a gem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are one collective gem. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> no, they can be really great. They can. It's just, it's different. Uh-huh. It's very different. And, you know, everyone has their own parenting style and their own way of doing things with their kids. And yeah. You have to get used to each other's because our parenting styles are not exactly the same. There, there's some similarities for sure, but they're uh-huh. not exactly the same. And since I don't know how it is with teenagers, you know, I was thinking you just parent them the same way you do younger kids, but you don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> pro tip right yeah. there. Right? You don't parent them the same way. And that's one thing I've learned in the last uh-huh. year. You can't. And the 20-somethings especially, like, oh, no, yeah. you cannot parent them, like, <laughs> right. hardly at all. Oh, right. Start yeah. counting at a 20-year-old. Yeah. They're going to be like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Get up, go out the door. If I say, do this the now, they'll just look at me like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, you know, with going back to small kids and stuff, you know, we had a lot of conversations before we got married about, okay, now how do you discipline your kids? Yep. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I was going to have to be helping her. You know, right. it's like, you know, damage control and backup. Yeah, he's and, my, he's my enforcer. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's the good cop. I'm the bad cop. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, we had to have those conversations so that way I could make sure that what I was doing was in line with how her and Jake were wanting right. the kids raised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, if, you know, if we had have been out of sync on that, I don't think I would have gotten married or because if she was one of those like delusional moms that think that their little Timmy is just so precious and never does uh-huh. anything mm-hmm. wrong and he's just so cute and precious, then there's no way I could have done that. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah. That right. makes sense. Cause I, me and Tanya always acknowledge that our kids are horrid and they're brats and they oh. Yeah. And so we, we have we, a we whole episode about that. Actually. <laughs> huh? It's called kids are buttheads. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but yeah, but, but it is kind of like, uh, you know, one joke that we have around the house is when the kids are acting like buttheads, we just threaten to go send them to live with their other parents. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> kind of sense of humor we have yeah. in our house like there's dead mom jokes and dead dad jokes all over the place and mm-hmm. the people like visitors come they don't know if they should laugh right? or if they oh should like <laughs> yeah. yeah so they, they kind of do both respond. yeah and like i can't believe you just said that <laughs> yeah and sometimes my kids will like throw out a dead mom joke just deliberately to make someone feel uncomfortable oh just my to see gosh. their response and stuff uh-huh. <laughs> like testing him what's gonna yeah. happen here <laughs> But yeah, we were talking before about that is, you know, sometimes some of our divorced friends will say, oh my gosh, you're so lucky that you don't have to deal with ex-spouses with, and all that. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, oh yeah, we're so lucky. So we don't lucky. have the... Uh... We're so lucky our spouses died. Right. Yeah. yeah I feel yeah. so lucky for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I get where they're coming from because I, I have seen the horror stories and sometimes I've even thought, oh my gosh, I'm glad that I don't ever have to deal with that. Right. But it's just, it's, it's entirely different things. It is different. Yeah. It's so, it's an entirely different set of baggage. You know, yeah. you, you have to deal with the trauma that your kids have gone through. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with so many different things and knowing that the parent won't be there for all their major things. And with divorced parents, yeah, they might not be there, but they still could come. Yeah, this time true. they 
you know they're not going to be no there. Chance. There's no chance that they're going to be there for the weddings, the graduations, the concerts, all right. all the different milestones that they have. And it's, it's really tough. Yeah. yeah. Did your kids do grief counseling also? Mine did. Okay. Um, we, I did some for me personally because uh-huh. I, I had a really, really rough time after my husband died. Yeah. And um, my kids went to one as well. It, it was and wasn't super helpful. Okay. Um, we had one counselor that was great. And then we switched to a different counselor. wasn't as good. And uh-huh. so we stopped after that. My daughter had a lot of really bad anger issues. They started before my husband died actually, okay. but then escalated mm-hmm. out of control mm-hmm. after. And yeah. she's actually been in anger management therapy for the last year okay. or so. And it's really helped her. She good. still has her moments. Yeah. But it's really helped her a lot. I just find that whatever tendencies my kids had before their dad died really escalated. Uh That's when my son's ADHD got a ton worse Mm -hmm. because he was trying to run away basically from from everything. That makes sense. Distract himself from everything. And my daughter, her anger thing got a lot worse as well. Just it all escalated. And and I actually, I think I might have had some mild depression before from some other stuff that I'd gone through. And then afterward, I just felt like that escalated as well. Oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. That makes sense. Everything just was so heightened from, uh-huh. from that whole experience. It was, it was really rough, but the, the therapy has did help me initially and it has helped my kids. Good. I think. Good. Yep. Yep. Uh, we've done it too. Um, prior to uh, my wife dying, she did have some issues with um, uh, prescription pills because uh-huh. She had had so many, she did a, a surrogacy about 10 years ago, oh, about 10 or 12 uh-huh. years ago. Um, but it caused her to have some health issues afterwards uh-huh. and, you know, just popping seven kids out of her body kind of took its toll as yeah, well. Yeah. And so she had ended up having like her body just became her worst enemy. She ended up having, I think I counted 18 surgeries in 10 oh years. Gosh. And so just all that, those health issues took its toll on her and on my kids. Uh-huh. And then of course, because of that, she ended up with, you know, like some dependency issues. And mm-hmm. so we'd had a counselor that had been helping with that. And she had attended a rehab like about a year or so before she had died. Uh-huh. And so after we had kind of stayed really close with one of her therapists down there. And then after, uh, she, after she died, then I called him up and said, Hey, could you recommend a good grief therapist? He's like, Oh, I got you. And nice. so he, he did like house visits. He would come up like every Wednesday and we would do group therapy and group sessions and stuff. That's um, cool. Then it kind of got to the point where we were all in kind of different stages of our grief. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so then my kids started, some of my kids started going to just their own therapy and okay. uh, going to therapists that specialized in like uh, PTSD and EMDR uh-huh. therapy that could right, kind of help cool. them with like all, like the trauma of not just her dying, but everything that led up to it that as makes well. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of complicated issues for kids to go through and to figure out and try to process Very. or even like early twenties year olds to mm-hmm. figure out mm-hmm. or a full adult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are, those can be some, yeah. Sucks. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for coming and chatting with us. It's really been a pleasure to get to know you and definitely get to hear your dead parent jokes in person. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We really dig our spouses. Yeah. <laughs> you could go on and on. You might want to just come. <laughs> to be here all week. Yeah. Tip your way to- <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys should take the show on the road. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think not. she's telling us to leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but, uh, you know. <laughs> you know, we knock them dead. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> I could see some really good stand-up comedy routines I coming know. out of this. Honestly, you should you should give it a no. shot. There you go. I'd come. I'd pay. I'd pay this a bet. <laughs> All right. Well, um, again, thank you guys for coming and interviewing with us. Sharing your stories. We know it can be hard and also a good thing to talk about. I think it is a good thing. I think that just being validated, you know, knowing that you're not alone. Right. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we helped with someone at least. Oh, I'm I'm sure sure you did. You (laughs) You said things that were helpful for me, not even being in the same situation. Right. So I pretty much guarantee that people who have been in your shoes or are in your shoes benefited from that uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so all right thank thanks you so much